the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. In the name of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is said that Advent begins in the dark. In the case of our reading from the prophet Isaiah, it also begins in lament. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. This is the cry of God's people Israel whose entire understanding of themselves is that they are God's people, the ones God has blessed and led into the promised land and told to be fruitful and multiply. Through them, God will bless all the nations, or at least that was the plan they knew and trusted. But then they were invaded and conquered and sent into exile far away in Babylon with all its pagan gods. And where was their God? Had the God who brought them out from slavery and into freedom abandoned them? Was the God they called Almighty not so mighty after all? Did the God they worshipped, to whom they believed they owed their entire identity and existence, even exist? Or had they left him behind along with the land when they were driven out? They really did not know the answers to these questions, and they were in crisis. Where, oh, where is God? And part of what makes this keenly felt absence so painful is the memory of what God used to do. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. That history of God's saving acts in the past is actually a source of pain now because it stands in such contrast to the presence. Where are you, God? What has become of your promises? When? Oh, when will you make all things right? Israel's pain then is our pain now. This is where followers of Jesus like you and me live in between the already and the not yet. We have seen his glory. We have been baptized into his death and resurrection. We live in light of his promise to be with us until the end of the age. And yet... The last time I preached on these texts was in November 2020. We were in the midst of the first year of the pandemic and didn't yet have access to vaccines. We had just come through a presidential election, and it was not clear if the incumbent was going to cooperate with a peaceful transfer of power or not. Not, as it turned out. The global economy was a mess, and none of us could safely travel to be with family or friends for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And now here we are today, and there's war in Ukraine and war in Israel and Gaza, and we are heading into another presidential election about which I am already feeling considerable anxiety and trepidation. And we've put up lights on our porch. 
and we'll be making Advent wreaths today, and I love all of this. But in spite of the delights of the season, I am so grateful for these texts. They speak so clearly to the present every single time they come around. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. This is how the world feels, doesn't it? I've seen so many pictures of so many children in Gaza, orphaned, injured, or dead. I've read the stories of Israelis who've spent their lives working for peace between Israelis and Palestinians who were killed or kidnapped on October 7th. I know what's happening to the climate, and I feel so powerless to fix any of this. And that is the point. Advent begins in the dark. It always begins in the dark. We cannot fix the world. We are so mired in sin that even our most well-intentioned acts can't bridge the gap between what we intend and what we are. And I don't mean sin in the sense of that naughty thing I did. I mean sin as a power, something we participate in even when we don't mean to, something that is systemic and pervasive and deeply broken. There is no escaping entanglement in its sticky web. But please note, when the sun goes dark and the moon loses its lights and the stars fall and the powers in the heaven are shaken, then, Jesus says, then they will see the Son of Man coming in great power and glory. Then, and not when we have tidied everything up and made it all fresh and new and healed. 2023 is not the only year that has made it clear we cannot save ourselves, but it certainly has made it clear that we cannot, in fact, save ourselves. For people of faith, this year has once again sharpened and intensified our longing for God. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens, Lord, and come down. The tribulation is here, but the Son of Man is still in the clouds. That's how it feels. And the chasm between the promised peace of Christ and the wretchedness of the planet and the people on it only makes that more painful. Keeping awake and alert, as Jesus says we must, living in expectation that Christ will come again as Advent declares he will, throws the present into even stronger relief. And we have some questions like, why pray? Why must people suffer? When will the Prince of Peace end the pervasive conflict, war, and violence with which we are afflicted? When will the proud be scattered in their conceit, the mighty cast down, the lowly lifted up, the hungry filled with good things, and the rich sent away empty? When will that happen, once and for all? These are all Advent questions. And if Jesus doesn't give them a direct answer, we certainly can't. But I do believe we are meant to keep asking them. Our asking these questions is part of our witness. Our asking them is, as it was for the exiled Israelites, a way of asking God to be God. We ask about God's promises because we are held by those promises. We live our lives in trust and in hope. And when that trust and that hope seem like frail, thin things, we ask again, how long, O Lord, how long? I've heard the, the phrase that we are an Easter people. That's certainly true. We are a people of the resurrection. 
but we are also an Advent people. We live in the knowledge that Christ has come and the expectation that Christ will come again. And as the poet says, to those who have seen the child, however dimly, however incredulously, the time being is, in a sense, the most trying time of all. That is where we live, in the most trying time of all. And this is the unique blessing of Advent. It is a season when we deliberately hold our uncertainty, our longing, our burning questions, our yearning, and our deepest desire before God. We deliberately hold before God our expectation that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is near at the very gates. And we pray, come down, O Lord, come down. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We are the people who have staked our lives on that hope. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you.